Welcome to Zero's Talking Heroes, the podcast that's making waffles today. It's as good as any line in the movie. Sure. <laughs> Spoilers. My name is Joe, and I have with me two other hunters to talk to you about the movie Brightburn, and their names are sequel. The podcast where it's okay to play with it, touch it. I think I said that backwards. You did. The podcast where it's okay to touch it, play with it. it made me very uncomfortable that you repeated that. <laughs> and Corey. The podcast where you're one of the only people that know how special we are. That is very sadly accurate. <laughs> Thanks for listening, you. <laughs> we are here to talk about the movie Brightburn this week, but first we've been watching other stuff. Hey, Corey, what'd you watch? Alright, let's do this. So I watched um, The Last Watch, which is a two-hour documentary about filming of the last season of Game of Thrones. Um, surprisingly touching. They managed to find a way to make the, like, um, to make the characters relatable and, like, go a little deeper, but the characters are real people in this scenario, right? So, you're following, you're following Amelia a little bit, you're following Kit Harrington a little bit. But a good chunk of the movie is about the production crew and the production team, like the guy that's the head of snow. Literally, his job is to make Winterfell look snowy and oh, snow like the yeah, not the snow frozen water. Yes, exactly. Okay, that drops in the wintertime. Uh, and then an extra who'd been one of who's been in the Stark army since season one, and he's an incredibly likable, fun character to follow. Really, really interesting. Um, it, it reduced how much I hated the final season pretty drastically. So that was nice. From what I hear, that's a good thing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I watched the first part of uh, Leaving Neverland, the documentary. Yeah, I watched that. Is that Michael Jackson? <sighs> yeah, okay. it is. It, it has taken me... I probably started watching it two months ago. Oof. Like, it's, it's so... Watch. It's so tough to watch, especially if you've ever been victimized in a similar way, like I have, to, like, get through listening to other people tell their stories. Like, it's, like, 25-minute clips, and I'm like, I, I, gotta, I gotta walk away from this. Like, it is too much. They jump right in, and they do not pull any punches. It's, it's intense. Yeah, it's not a watch for the light of heart, but it is uh, eye-opening, I guess is the best way to say it. Um, and then on a lighter note, I watched uh, The Last Castle again um, last night. Have you seen The Last Castle? So Robert Redford. Robert Redford, James Gandolfini, um, Military Prison. Yeah, I like that movie. I like that movie a lot, and like halfway through it, I was like, yeah, this, I, this was a good movie. When I was younger, I like movies I liked that I found out now were just terrible movies. You know, Legend of Bagger Vance, for example. <laughs> no one said it was terrible. That's fair. So I think we might have said it was terrible. We said it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, you know, there's always movies like that, you're, that you remember as a kid, like, loving, and then coming back to them as an adult, you're like, ooh. Wild Wild West is another perfect example of Will Smith. I loved that movie as a kid. I watched it a couple years ago and I was like, God damn it, this movie's bad. I mean, I liked Bulletproof Monk as a kid, and that did not hold up as an adult. Yeah, exactly. No, they just don't. Sometimes they don't. Um, 
The Last Castle I really enjoyed as a kid, and I watched it again because it was it's on Netflix, and uh, yeah, it's it's a really good movie. But it does not have a great rating on a great score on Rotten Tomatoes. It tracks at like fifty eight. Is it fifty eight? I have no idea. So I'm I, guessing. I feel like it's a little higher. I feel like it's in the low sixties. Well, that's fresh. Snuck into fresh. Angley's Hulk's at a sixty two. So that's gross. Oh, I'm lying. It's a fifty two. You're right. Well, I was wrong. That's a fifty eight. <laughs> Well, what I mean is like in the 50s. I thought it was in the 60s. Yeah, so it's, it's a 52 on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, and that makes sense, I guess. I mean, it's a good movie, but there's a lot of like pretty glaring plot issues. I mean, they steal the flag at night, and yet they somehow manage to get out of their cell to the wall to hide the flag in the wall before anybody notices. How'd they manage that shit? What's your opinion on James Gandolfini as an actor? Taking the Sopranos out of the equation. Taking the Sopranos out of the conversation, uh, he, he, had, he never did very much, right? Like he, He's in a few movies. He's in a few movies. Um, I liked him less in this than I liked him in um, Where the Wild Things Are. Because yeah, it was like a deeper performance. You don't, yeah. you don't see, you don't see his face. But you don't see his face. It's, it's voice well, people didn't particularly like that movie either. And no, I thought was, the movie was, that was good. Yeah, that's a very polarizing Yeah, it is. It's, it's not the book. Right? It's not on. I mean, they turned a a six minute read into a two like an almost two hour movie six yeah but minutes? It, it, I, you no can, it's just quick yeah it's a it's very a children's short book I've never read it yeah, it's a know. very very short children's book it's a uh, it's a golden book it's a it's a very joyful children's book filled with like wondrous imagination and the movie is not that the movie is like a deep dive into like the psyche of a child yeah it's, it's a deep dive into the psyche of a child and, it, and when I watched it and when I've rewatched it it's like the, I feel like the movie was made for kids like me who loved the book growing up and got like fell into like the emo scene pretty hard like if you're an emo kid like you love what that movie does but beyond that I like I, I don't have an opinion on it like was the, and, and, the, and it always pulls the question, was The Sopranos good... Was James Gandolfini good in The Sopranos, or was The Sopranos what made James Gandolfini good? Well, I don't think so The Sopranos doesn't really have a, a the following that it does, or the success that it does without a strong Tony Soprano. Yeah. And I think he, you know, probably didn't do much acting. He probably just, personality-wise, acted like himself, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, in Last Castle, James Gandolfini's not particularly great in that movie. No. It's a lot of overacting. It's, it's, very, it's more of a theatrical performance. Like, it seems like he's trying too hard. Yeah. Is he Tony Soprano in that movie? Absolutely not. You, <laughs> Colonel Winters. No, but, I know, not the character, but, like, does not, he seem like Tony oh, no. Soprano? No, oh, no, 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 no. It's very different. Very um, straight-laced, rules-oriented, and... Uh, very, um... It... it it rang a bunch of the same bells for me that Shawshank does. There are moments where I'm like, "Ooh, this Prison. is." Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. Like, so it's it's bound to. But like some of the some of the beats, I was like, "This is very Shawshank to me." Like, perfect example. First scene in the movie, or one of the first scenes in the movie, is Robert Redford getting dropped off at the prison. Mm-hmm. What happens immediately when he gets dropped off at the prison? Everybody crowds the gate and they start taking bets of cigarettes for how long he's going to last before he kills himself. Like. That, that's that's damn near shot for shot, man. Only difference is, is uh, instead of Morgan Freeman, you got Mark Ruffalo taking the bets. A young Mark Ruffalo is in this as well. What? It's a good cast. It's a good cast. For a fairly mediocre movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's watchable. 
It is definitely watchable. That's good. So yeah, uh, that's um, as far as interesting things I've watched. That's pretty much the extent of it, Joe. Stanley Cup finals are on. Yeah, tied up one one. That's still going. Good for them. Yep, yep, yep. Come on, St. Louis. Yeah, definitely. I can't. I can't handle another Boston championship in a year. Too many. They've already got two out of the four. They can't have three. All right, on principle, go St. Louis. Exactly. I didn't know who was in it. Hasn't won a cup. Never. Well then, last time they lost the cup was two. You guessed it, Boston. Boston? Boston? That's right. Yeah, they made the cup three years in a row. As like, because the NHL did something weird where they had a big expansion and they put all the expansion teams in one division. There's only two divisions, so the winner of each division uh, made it to the cup finals, Mm -hmm. and St. Louis made it three years in a row and hasn't made it since till this year. They're like the Bills. 50 years? Is it 50 years? 70 was well. Yeah, so... Get 50 right. years, yeah. Last time, last time the Blues were there is the famous Michael Orr mid-air goal. Bobby Orr. Bobby Orr. What did I say, Michael Orr? That's stupid. He's, Orr he's from blind the blind side. Yep, yes he is. Bobby Orr. The Bobby Orr... Um, Bobby Orr what? So there's a really famous photo of like... Oh, okay, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. I, gotta, I can't wait to not wake up at 4 a.m. anymore, boys. It's going to be great. Uh, be quick on my feet again. That's the little things in life. Uh, <laughs> slow us all down. Is that everything you That's me. Sequel, what did you watch? I watched um, a documentary on Netflix called The Perfect Bid. About I've seen that advertised on my feed like so many times. How was it? Because I've kind of always wanted to see it. So, I thought it was about the guy that was on The Price is Right when Drew Carey was the host that got the showcase exactly. It's not about him. It's about a guy that went to The Price is Right. He went like something like 37 times. And he watched this show religiously. And pre-computer, like pre-computer age, made a database of all the prices and memorized it. So when he went there as an audience member, he would always call out the perfect bid every, like, every single time. And he got on the show once. And once you're on the show, mm-hmm. you're not allowed to go on the show again, but you can still sit in the audience. So he had a relationship with Bob Barker and the crew. They all knew him and everything. And then when Drew Carey took the reins as host, he actually sat next to the guy that got on the showcase that won the, uh, mm-hmm. that had the perfect bid. And the guy that had it claims he did the math in his head and he, he figured it out. And this guy's like, nah, dude, I called it out. We talked about this beforehand and I ma- I physically pantomimed the numbers out to him and yeah, like, what, <laughs> what are we doing here? So, uh, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty interesting. Hmm. The only reason I watch this because it's, uh, what's his name, Holtzauer, the guy on Jeopardy that's, like, changing the game. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I is is that still going on? Yeah. Is that guy still on it? Yeah. What's he at right now? What's he on right now? Two million. Holy shit. He's at one over two million. He's second to Ken Jennings. I was about to say, how much did Ken Jennings win? But he's not, he's not playing the right way. But the right way, I'm doing air quotes. Yeah. And, like, Jeopardy purists are, like, angry. I don't understand how you... Well, it's like, you're supposed to, like, do, like... Once you've won, like, you're supposed to do the math to... You know, you're only supposed to bet 
the absolute minimum. You're talking about Final Jeopardy? Yeah. All right, so before that. Um, Yeah, I'm just curious, like, what different strategies there are and what ones are frowned upon. The producers of Jeopardy encourage the contestants. The questions go in degree of difficulty, pick a category, you know, and try to sweep the category. from top to bottom. So he is doing... Bottom up. Bottom, bottom up, but not by category. He's doing it by column, I guess. <laughs> so he's actually... Row. So what he's, by row, not by column. So yeah. what he's actually doing, he's doing what every... So he's min-maxing. He's min-maxing, but he's also doing what every classroom I have ever played a Jeopardy game in does. Yeah, get all the high values first. Yeah. If you know the answers, you know? He's punting for the daily doubles is what he's doing. Yeah. And because so if you get the daily doubles and you hit on your daily doubles, then you're going to win the game. Yes. And then for Final Jeopardy, he's not risking it all. He is doing the math to like to win oh, every time. Okay. But he, once you have it won, you can bet like a dollar because like well, yeah, well, that's you can bet nothing, right? Ex- ex- yeah. Exactly. But he's you know he's he's upping his bid, which is fun. It's better TV actually. So like we'll start watching this guy. Yeah. Uh, Ken Jennings three point five two two mil. Because who's got a little bit? But that's not. Is that his continuous run, or is that his total winnings? Because he's total earnings. Okay, because he's coming uh, back on tournament of champions. Now. Yeah, consisting twenty five, two point five over his seventy four wins. Yes, two thousand second place prizes in his seventy fifth appearance, and a five hundred thousand second place in the ultimate tournament of champions. Right. So yeah, that's what inspired me to watch that. Um, I saw Booksmart. I saw that too. Corey, did you see that? Not yet, but you guys. I thought you guys went together. No, nah, I can't. Ah. But but go talk about it. Don't don't let me stop you. Is, oh, we have the same favorite character. Gigi. No, oh, close. G- <laughs> oh, is it? Uh, it's Jared. Jared. Jared's a very good character. I love Gigi. Just popping up out of nowhere. Gigi's pretty great too. The movie was very overhyped for me. Yeah, it's. Go ahead. Ladybird esque. Like I get it. I know why everybody loves it. This is not. I guess I don't relate to any of the characters. Um, very well acted. I love it that actors that we have grown up watching are directing movies now. That was directed by Olivia Wilde. Yeah. Um, and she's not in the movie at all. That's her first, that's a directorial debut. Right, just like mid-90s was Jonah Hill's. Yep. And, uh, Bradley Cooper's making stuff now, so it's, it's, it's got a cool age we live in. This movie's more mid-90s than Lady Bird. Yeah, it's just like in a healthy medium. Yeah, yeah. Um... There's one scene I absolutely loved. I thought it was brilliant. And I, I even under my breath from the theater, I'm like, wow, this is really good. <laughs> the uh, the party scene when they're arguing and then the music starts and their audio, the dialogue of them fades out and you see everyone else. Oh, with the phone. Yep. Yeah, yep. I was like, outstanding. I loved it. So good. Yeah, and my favorite line in the movie was when the pizza guy's like, oh, who the hell orders two half cheese, half sausage pizzas? Just get one cheese and one sauce. <laughs> I mean, yeah, right? Right. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. It was good. What did you think? It was, it was a very enjoyable movie. Like, I liked it. Mm-hmm. I wanted, as with most comedies, I wanted it to be funnier than it was. Yeah. I was really hoping, but it didn't make me laugh that much. I got some good chuckles out of it, but nothing, not a lot of jokes stuck with me. Taxi cab scene. Oh, they, they left with the principal driver? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Like my favorite part of the movie was Jared with the shirt in the beginning. Uh, yeah. The shirt of him wearing a shirt of him wearing a shirt. <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good bit. It's a good bit. I just love that graduation. You just go up to the stage and GD's playing like classical piano. 
just shows up everywhere. Yeah, she is nuts. She is nuts. Very, like, I don't know, it's one of those comedies where they try to make it, like, reality-based, but none of this crap happens, you know? The teacher showing up at the party. Yeah, that's weird. I'm just kind of ignoring that part. My biggest problem with the whole movie is, do you think someone who graduated high school this year knows that Alanis Morissette song? I would yes. be really surprised. I don't think they know it as an Alanis Morissette song, so to Did speak. Did someone cover it recently? No, I think they know it because it's like very like pop culture trendy, and it's been in a lot of things. Which Alanis Morissette song? The ironic. Is that ironic? No, no, that's not that song. Which song are you talking about? Then? The one that sings karaoke. Oh, okay, yeah. The, well, th- that was in the office. That's where I thought of instantly. It's Kevin singing it in the office. I don't remember that at all. That's you, amazing. Oh, Yeah. I remember that vividly. Like, I, don't, I don't remember that. That was the Christmas. Yeah. That was one of the Christmas episodes. One of the Christmas episodes. Oh, it's probably, yeah, okay. I know which episode you're talking about. For some reason, I don't remember him saying that, but that's great. So they're singing the karaoke with the words behind them, and they're yeah. not okay, and they're singing it perfectly. That's fair. I'm just shocked that, like, because... Uh, also, is that what high school is like now? Because goddamn, no. it's different from when I was in high it's school. It's not what high school is like now. <laughs> I hope not. I mean, maybe it's different out in LA, but it's not high school here. Yeah, Corey, I wish you had seen it so we could get a perspective would, from someone who's taught in high school now. I intend to see it this week. Um, I'll probably, see, it, see it fast because it's not making a lot of money. Oh, shit. All right, <laughs> I'll probably try. Hopefully, it's still in the theater on Tuesday then. Cause it should be. Um, cause Sunday I'm gonna go see Rocket Man. Nice. Monday I doubt I'm gonna be able to see it. And then Tuesday, wife's at work. I'll go around with the train and go. Movie night! There you go. It'll be nice. I haven't gone to a movie by myself in a while, and I honestly really, really enjoy that. As much as I love hanging out with you guys and going to the movies with you guys, sometimes it's nice to just go to a theater by yourself and just... 90% of the movies I've seen in the movie theater by myself. Yeah. Yeah, me too. There's something about... There's the movie ending with not a lot of people in there, and then they leave, and I'm still watching the credits. I'm just like, this is my movie theater. Yeah. <laughs> you feel like a rich guy that put a yeah. movie theater in your house, right? I wish my movie theater didn't kind of smell like pee, but it's fine. I had this conversation, I've had this conversation a lot, where like, I'm going to the movies, oh, who are you going with? I'm going by myself. And people find it weird. Yep. I'm like, do you go to the movies and have active conversations with people about what's going on on the screen? Because it's a pretty, like, singular experience. It's you watching something on screen. You want to talk about it after the fact, by all means. But I don't think there's anything wrong with I got, I got into a, I got into a pretty intense philosophical, quote-unquote, uh, debate when I was drunkenly in college one, one year. At the normal party house where we were all drinking, we got drunk, and we were talking, uh, one of my friends was like, oh, I'm going to take, what's her face, whatever the girl's name was, I'm going to date, she was a beautiful woman, uh, I'm going to date this weekend, I was like, oh, what are you guys going to do, and he was like, oh, you probably, you know, normal stuff, dinner and a movie, I was like, it's a pretty shitty date, and he was like, bro, what, <laughs> I was like, seriously though, and, and like, we got into like, the, uh, the highs and lows of taking a girl out to a movie for a date. And I was like, you spend a huge chunk of time in a dark room staring in the same direction, silent. Like, it's not a good date. The dinner part might be perfectly fine, but the, like... The pro tip is the dinner part's good, and then you go see a shitty movie you have no intention of watching, and that's what the movie part is for. <laughs> 
There's that aspect of it. I would recommend. That's what it. I assume people do on dates in movies. I would recommend it for a young, nervous, nice guy who's taking out a girl and is doesn't know what the hell to talk about because yeah, that's then fair. you're with the person you're you're in your element watching a movie and you're getting comfortable. Right? Yeah, it's all about comfortability. You have a shared and, experience to talk about afterwards. Well, and that's the thing, right? Like if you if, if that's the case, if you're nervous and you don't know what the hell you would talk about, going and seeing the movie for the first couple hours of the date inherently creates a conversation right afterwards. What do you think? Oh, what was your favorite part? I like this about it. Like, you have a conversation, and, like, hopefully it snowballs from there. That's it. But this kid is not that. I mean, he just thought legitimately a dinner and a movie was a good date. I'm like, dinner and a movie is a great date if you're two, three, six, however many months in. It's not a good first date. It's just not a good first date, exactly. I disagree. And that's fair. <laughs> you could do better for a first date. Can we agree on that? I'm right. just like no, fine. You could do better for a first date. I'm Mini golf, sure. There it is. I guess you know season. Yeah, the, there's many. Yeah, that's fair. Extending You can always nice. go to a movie. You can. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. That's a. I remember the first summer I was dating uh, my now wife. I was hanging out. She had was living in an off-campus apartment. So I had like on my day off, I drove up to go hang out. And her room, her one roommate was one of those people who thought they could save a ton of money by not using the central air conditioner in the house. Who thought by like not turning on the AC, they're going to just save a ton of money in like on the utility bill without realizing that split amongst the six people, it really wouldn't have cost that much to stay comfortable in the middle of the summertime. So we're sitting in the house and we're boiling and I was like, we, we have to we have to go somewhere where air conditioning is a thing. And that's where we went. We went to the movies. We saw, I think, two or three movies that day. We just refused to go back to the house and get back into the heat. I was like, we can go we can go back to the house when the sun goes down and the it cools off at night. Like I'm not going back into that house. I don't blame you. It was like ninety six degrees outside and like eighty percent humidity. It was like one of those like heat like they wouldn't put on the AC. Oh, no, she's I'm a the, the woman. So sorry. The woman was a monster. She also took two she and a half hour. Like she also took a two and a half hour long showers, and then in hot water. In hot water, and complained about me taking like my fifteen minute showers or like twice. I was like, "You don't let me turn on the air conditioner. You're wasting two and a half hours worth of hot water." Two and a half. I said, what do you do? What do you do? You would be so pruny. Yes. After like 45 minutes. You would think so, but I feel like her skin... Tough on. Like, just... Yeah, like, it just got used to it. Well, like, she... she, And that's what she said. She's like, oh, no, once my skin finally gets pruny, that's when I get out. I'm like, I don't understand how two and a half... Like... It's a waste of water. It's such a waste of water. I was like, what do you do? She's like, you know, I... Read a book. Think, and I just stand there for a while. I'm like, you just... What? Turn on the fucking air conditioner. It was a hard situation. What you should have done was turn on the air conditioner for the two and a half hours she's in the shower. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a weird situation. I had a couple more things at home. Yeah, yeah, oh, I'm fair. so sorry. <laughs> we derailed so hard. Don't worry, guys. It's going to be more interesting than us talking about Brighton. <laughs> now, that is a spoiler. Is it? No. It's after Memorial Day, summer for me, so I watched Jaws. Yes. Nice. Three years in a row, around the same time. Only three? I'm surprised. No, for us. 
Me making this oh, announcement. Okay. I thought, mm-hmm. 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 Say, I thought no, you. No, it's probably more like third time you Jesus watched it. More like seventeen times. <laughs> that sounds more accurate. Zero's talking here has made has made three rotations around the sun. Yeah, this is I think episode one forty nine, and we yeah. have a couple of unnumbered ones in there, and weeks we skipped. So yeah, we're three years old. Mm-hmm. Holy shit! We did it. Uh, we got out of the terrible twos. Yeah, that's true. I started watching Always Be My Maybe. Is that's that, the new rom com that dropped today on Netflix. That's the one I can't remember his name. But it's the Asian cop on and from Ant Man and the Lost. Randall oh, Park. Randall Park. It. Yes. Yep. I saw on the trail. I was like, I might watch it for him alone because it doesn't look very good. It's pretty funny. It's pretty good so far. Okay. I just stopped watching because the Schmodown came out, and it came out today. So I have time. Oh, the, it dropped today. Yeah. The Netflix. Thing? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. There are a couple of other new things on Netflix that just popped up on my feed. Um, like The Perfectionist. Have you seen previews of that? No. no. I'm you not, guys aren't big horror movie fans, right? So you guys I'm a, I'm a horror movie, movie fan. I'm not. I'm not a Netflix fan anymore. The only reason I started They don't watching, make a lot of good stuff. They don't. And someone I happened to, be talk, to talk about on a podcast I was listening to. So And it sounded okay, so I watched the trailer. And I like that song. It's very catchy. Always be my baby. Mm-hmm. So I decided to give it a shot, and it's pretty good so far. But yeah, I, that's the first time I've signed on to Netflix in like a month. I watch Netflix so fucking much. I, who has more current stuff? I feel and I just can't get I can't get past spending. I hate Hulu because ads. Yeah, exactly. I, I can't get over specifically paying money. Well, you, you got Spotify, so you have Hulu, no extra charge. Mm-mm. You don't have Spotify. No, I have Family Spotify. Family Plan is excluded. Really? You're, I'm so sorry. It is some bullshit. You know what's bullshit? If you have Hulu without Spotify, and you pay nine ninety nine, you get the ads. If you pay eleven ninety nine, it's ad free. But if you have Hulu with Spotify, you can't do that two dollar upgrade. There's no freaking way possible. That's annoying. It's very annoying. Yeah. You can't. It's not like a. Uh, a coupon from McDonald's where you can just pay the difference in the upcharge? I'm fine or, with... Or give them two Frosty coupons at Wendy's and get a bigger Frosty. You can do that? Yeah. I'm pretty sure they won't. Yeah, but the free Frosty coupons you get for like Halloween and stuff? If yeah. You give them two yeah. coupons, they'll give you a bigger Frosty. Fucking A! <laughs> That's life-altering, Joe! You're welcome. It's the fact that it's the same ads over and over again on Hulu that really bother me. It's the same ones. It's the same, like, three or four. Do you four. get the old people from the same the local, heart surgery? The local hospital? Me and my wife make fun of it. So do I. I know all the words of that yep. commercial. He says again, so weird. Again. Again. I hate, I that, guy. I hate that man. The best part is, so I spent the night because I had to stay there. And then I, like, I look at my wife and I'm like, I didn't have a ride home. What was I supposed to do? <laughs> if only I lived in a time where I could get rides from my cell phone. Jeez. I stayed there, held hands in the night. They weren't treating one heart. They were treating two. It should be the other way. They weren't treating two hearts. They were treating one. Yep. They've been... Uh, can't. Yeah, those those definitely are annoying. Uh, YouTube ads are doing the same bullshit, too. Time I click on a new video, it's the same fucking ad. I'm like... Or it's like the same set of three ads. It's stupid. If I get a YouTube ad that's not skip after five seconds, I'm... I usually out of the video. I, honestly, <laughs> I, I've gotten there, too. What an age we live in. <laughs> there, there is one ad that I'll watch. It's like three minutes long. I've watched it twice. It's the William Painter sunglasses. Yeah, that, those are. For whatever reason, that's a fun ad. To those, are, those are fun. Sometimes it's more fun than the video. I'll they've watch. got a couple different ones actually. Do they? Yeah, because they've got the one where they like 
this podcast is what the hell is happening. Because <laughs> they've got the one where it's uh, the guy talking about expensive sunglasses and like just breaking yeah, them in that's half. that's the three minute one. Yeah. There's another one that's like a minute and a half or two minutes where they take out a brand new pair of Ray-Bans out of the thing, drops on the ground, just starts stomping the shit out of it. It's like, holy shit. They went full more. So Jaws. Jaws. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jaws is great. Lastly, I watched... Uh, it's, it's a half hour. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, that's fine. Uh, I saw Godzilla, King of the Monsters. We're going to have a lot to talk about next week. Okay. There's a lot to get into there. Joe, what have you been watching? I'm going to keep my list short. And wait, wait, can, can I make a yeah. joke? Can I do a joke real quick? Is a lot to sink our teeth into? <laughs> Get it? Because it's a monster with Cause, teeth. Because Jaws? Oh, yeah. And Godzilla, for that matter. <laughs> oh, God. I love us sometimes. Well, we're having a good time, and that's all that matters. <laughs> I hope you're having a good time listening to this right now. Oh, yeah. Whoever you are. <laughs> Be a lot to edit for you. Yes, yeah. Maybe I'll just leave everything. <laughs> it does no terrible backfire car noise or anything. Sure. So I had two movies, and one of them was Booksmart. So I have one movie, and it's Mission Impossible Three. Did you like it? I did. I think one is better. I think I think three is scored as high as it is because it came after two, and two kind of sucks. I think three is a lot like one, but it's a little bit clumsier, in my opinion. I really love the opening scene in three. Like I was I'm trying, hooked I'm, from the beginning. I'm trying to remember. Oh, okay, okay. When they I implanted the explosion in their brain. I'm going to count to like nine, or I'm going to kill this woman. You don't know. I have any idea who the woman yeah, is. Yeah, It's Philip Seymour Hoffman is outstanding. I he was think. very good. Yes, he, he's almost always very good. But when people talk about the upper echelon of uh, Mission Impossible movies, they go four, five, <laughs> and six. <laughs> the upper echelon of all six of them. Yep. They go four, five, and six. They progressively get better. Um, Except for two. And I think one is better than three, but it's close. It's very close, because they're both good movies. I think four, five, and six, I think, progressively get better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, J.J. Abrams did three, too. He did? Yeah. I was surprised to learn that. That was going to be my trivia question. Now I don't have to ask it. We're saving time. Lens flares galore. I don't know, actually. I don't think it was that. Time. That was pre-lens flare. Yeah, He's still finding his voice. Actually, no, it's probably... It's no, the force, it's no The Force Awakens when it comes to lens flares. All the Star Treks, man. Yeah, Every Star Trek other Jesus, Jesus Christ. And that's what we've been watching. Sure is. <laughs> Let's get into the movie facts of this movie that we all saw called Brightburn. Which came out this year, which is 2019 for those of you in the future. Or past, I guess. It's rated R. It's one hour and 30 minutes long. It's directed by David Yurovesky. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Don't care. Sorry. It stars Elizabeth Banks, David Denman, Jackson A. Dunn, Matt Jones, Meredith Hagner, Steve, Steve Aggie, Aggie, I don't know, Becky Waldstrom, Emmy Hunter, and Gregory Allen Williams. The budget for the movie, surprisingly low, $6 million. I would have thought it taken at least 10 Sure. And grossed, so far in about a week, $19 million, $11 million domestic. It's not setting the world on fire, but who expected it to? Yet somehow it's still being a financial success. It's, yeah, it's tripled over its tripled its budget. budget so far. It'll probably quadruple it at least. I don't know, man. Of if there's a lot of legs, I haven't really seen a... 
They definitely stopped playing the TV spots. And uh, I don't think anyone saw it yet. So I don't know. I, I think it might be done for this theatrical run. I doubt it's going to go last. I just, long. you know, I mean, it, it's 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 got to last at least three weeks. It's been one. It's but what's it coming up against? I mean, that's, I think that's the biggest the biggest thing. It's it that's going to. I mean, is Godzilla going to trample it? No pun intended. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, Aladdin's out right now. That's taking huge amounts. This is not the same audience as Aladdin. I guess that's true. This is a rated R horror movie. Yeah, it's just, you know, what theater is going to show it? What are they going to bump to or not? Are you going to put Aladdin in another theater or are you going to show Brightburn? That's what it comes down to. It's a fair point. The scores for the movie Rotten Tomatoes at a 57%. Ugh. That's a certified ugh. Uh, audience, 68%. IMDb, 6.5 out of 10. And Metacritic with a 45 and a user score of 6.7. Bright range again. The bright range. The bright range. Those are the movie facts. Let's get into our general thoughts about the movie, which, as always, I'm sure you know this, and if you don't, welcome. They're spoiler-free until we do spoilers. Sequel. The premise for this movie is a lot better than the movie itself. I would love to see this done well, because it's done pretty poorly. There's so many things I would change, and uh, yeah, we'll get into it. Corey, your thoughts? This movie is not breaking any grounds in the horror genre, but it is opening up some potentially fun avenues in the comic book or the superhero genre. That is the nicest words I am going to muster about this movie. I was not excited to see this movie, and I don't know if I liked it more or less than I expected to, but it wasn't great. There's a lot of just small problems about this movie that really add up. I did kind of like the premise. I was hoping it was going to be better than it was. It was not executed anywhere near where I thought it needed to be. So can I just make a quick little... No, okay. no, no. I just jumped onto the Fandango to see if it had started getting pulled from theaters, like if they like started really reducing showtimes. They did. They started reducing showtimes pretty extensively. However, the 10 o'clock viewing at the Regal sold, sold the fuck out. That's Friday night. I guess, but I mean, if we're talking about movies still having legs, if it's still selling out theaters, even if it's only one or two a day, I mean... It's a couple thousand a theater across the country. Like, I mean, it's going to add yeah, up. Yeah, but the thing is, just speaking, because I saw, uh, I also saw John Wick again, but we covered that, so don't quit my what have you been watching. That's fair. We saw that in Regal, my wife and I. Those theaters are so small because of the, the full recline. There's like eight rows. That's it. There's not a lot of seats. That's true. So it's... It depends on the theater, too. They definitely put that one in the small, shitty one. John Wick? Oh, no, who are talking about? Never mind. Yeah, Brightburn. so Brightburn's probably the small shitty. <laughs> well, John Wick's in its, like, what, third week now? Uh, third well, I saw it last Monday when everybody was off, so I figured... Also, yeah, yeah, that's weird. It was, like, the, the big theater. Oh, that was the big theater? Yeah. Huh. It was... It's not going to be long rows then, right? It was theater three. That doesn't help me. Yeah, theater three's got long rows. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's one of the long rows. But, but you're right, there's not there's, a ton of... Regal cut down their uh, Regal and Conkham, I should say, cut down their seating capacity for comfort. Sure, good on that. I, I I fully support that choice. Yeah. Even though you hate those seats, you can hear people 
I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a new I, yeah, that's annoying. <laughs> I don't mind it at all, but... Anyway, so those are our general thoughts for Brightburn. From here on out, we're going to be spoiling Brightburn, so if you haven't seen it yet, and you'd like to before it leaves theaters, apparently... Hurry up. Get on that. <laughs> True. And this is your last chance to tune out before spoilers, because we're going to spoil it starting right now. If the only thing that made you to decide to go see this movie was one of the still shots of the kid in the get-up, as a horror fan, I think it does intrigue you to go. I will give it that. I From that loved, aspect, it's fine. I fucking loved that hand-knit Cthulhu mask thing that he wears. I'm also a huge fan of Cthulhu mythos, so I'm a little biased here. But every time you put the Cthulhu mask on, I was like, he is the harbinger of death and destruction. I mean, he is. And, yeah. And then every time he takes the mask off, or most things in between that are just fucking ridiculous. The horror aspect isn't particularly interesting. No. At all. It's, it's more suspense than anything. There's not a lot there. A one jump scare? Was there? I don't even remember there being a jump scare. Yeah, it's, it's half a, a jump scare. It's half really. a jump scare. It, it got me because I really wasn't expecting it that early in the movie. It was like which, three minutes in. It's spoiler, so we can tell which one is it. And when Elizabeth Banks runs out to the, um, she does the first whistle thing, and then she runs out to the barn to find him. And he jumps out. He jumps out at her. Oh shit! Literally a jump. That scare. was literally a jump scare <laughs> yeah. in the movie. And it's it's what thirty seconds before your opening line. Yeah. Because then, then they come out and they're still a happy family. He's like, I'm making waffles. Hell like, yeah. you know what? We're good for you. You make the shit out of those waffles. David, David Denman. Uh, I don't know what his character's name is because it doesn't matter. Mr. Bright. Kyle? I feel like his name is Kyle. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to spend the remainder of this podcast calling him Rory and the other guy Badger. So <laughs> that's how that's going to go, guys. They should have focused more on Brandon's life and his developed his character so you have as an audience member something to attach to Mm -hmm. like I try to identify with his struggle and then when he breaks bad you know you feel something because this was like this kid's on the brink of going psycho (laughs) fairly early on and you understand why it's like right on the nose but you don't I never I, I did not feel an attachment to it whatsoever, they just go straight into the horror like aspect. Of yeah, it. and I think the I think the other problem too is it's like with not being able to identify with him, you don't. It, it, it suddenly doesn't matter. So like, if this movie was good, the question would have been: Does the alien spaceship waking up and him being drawn to it and hearing like the voices from the ship drive him crazy? Or are there other things that happen that lead to that, right? Or is it, like, a combination of both? And in this, it's, like, it, it doesn't matter. Like, at the end of the day, it, like, he breaks and he, and he... The break happens and there's zero turning back. Like, it's not even like he, like, acts normal a little bit. Like, even when he's normal, he's fucking weird. Yeah, he's plotting the entire yeah, time. Yeah, like, it's... it's, it's trying to fight it at all. There's yeah. no There's no conflict there. I think we're supposed to care about the family as a whole, but, but it's he, just so lazy and sloppily done that we don't... I think they're a bad family at all. <laughs> they're really <laughs> stupid people, especially Elizabeth Banks. 
Well, she just has blinded. Yes. Uh, so it's a perfect example of a mother's love blinding her yeah, to, to the reality. She saw him levitating in the air. Yes. That's, yeah. you, that's not blindness. Well, that is technically blindness. That's, but that's not a mother having a blind spot for a kid. That's straight up ignorance. Yeah. But to your point, Corey, like, the spaceship calling to him is definitely the reason why he breaks bad. I think that's what the director wanted you to feel. But I thought it would have been much more interesting to go into, like, his life, like, in the classroom. Like, we got, like, one scene where he is, answers, over-answers a question in class and he gets made fun of for it. And that kid hit him with that sick, maybe you're a maggot line. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sick burn, bro. But even when, they, when he's Daggers. in, when he's in um, phys ed class and they're playing that trust fall game, uh-huh. before he goes in the middle to, to, to be the participant, he's, having fun with his classmates yeah. like he's not like yeah, a, he's a normal kid in that moment yes he's not like a bullied kid at all which is what I thought would have been more interesting if he, if he got pushed to this yeah, I thought yes. it was going to be like a carry situation yes yeah and that's exactly it right like they have a bullying scene but that kid just seems like the douchebag that picks on everybody. everybody right so it's not like this kid gets bullied relentlessly by yeah. everyone the girl's already on his side and that scene like two seconds later she's like don't worry the smart guys win. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, bu- no bullied kid gets that in movies. If you wanted to, like, not draw carry comparisons, you could have made Brandon a normal, everyday, happy-go-lucky kid who is going through something. That would have been interesting and fine, also. But they just they barely touch on his like life among his peers, mm-hmm. and I really wanted them to go in that direction. That's fair. That's it like really safe, but it ended up being too safe because it's boring. Yeah, that's certainly the problem. And I mean, so there's the moment, right? So he's levitating, and then eventually he falls. He cuts himself in the spaceship. The first time he's ever been cut. The first time he's ever been cut. I'm so glad they came back to that. And you have that moment with Elizabeth Banks and Brandon. What's Elizabeth Banks' character's name? Um, Hold on. Hold on. Mrs. Not, Briar. Tori. Tori. Mrs. Briar. Mrs. Briar. Tori, Mom, whatever you want to call her, and Brandon. And to me, like that moment seemed a little too heavy-handed. Hey, look, this is Superman. Like, this is what would have happened if Superman had gone the other way. Right, because that's really what this movie is. Yes, that's, that's, that's what got butts yeah. in the seats. Yeah, that's, this movie is if Superman was an asshole. Superman was a bad guy. If okay. Superman came down and was evil. Yes. That's... But this is the problem with that. Superman is already too powerful for his own good, and he's on the, the right side of things. This kid, this kid actually burns the world down. Yeah. There's nothing... No, the only person that could have possibly known... That a spaceship hidden underneath that barn holds the key to defeating him just got fucking murked. Yep. So this kid, this kid bring, brings the plant to the ground. So they find a radioactive isotope from his home world that fell here. <laughs> I guess. So it's like it's one of those things where it's like the cliffhanger isn't cliffhangery enough because I know Superman and he's got that one kryptonite. And that's it. So, who cares? <laughs> like, if there were, if there was another one and they continued this, which I think they want to, but I don't think... Based on that will. credit scene, it looks like they want to. Yeah. Where they have a bunch of different ones? Yes. But they also have this linked up as like a shared universe thing, which is freaking weird. 
That's crazy. I didn't even notice until I read it on Wikipedia. I was like, really? Shared universe with what? Uh, super. There's a photograph of the Crimson Bolt in the in the credit scene. I According did not catch that at I didn't, all. I didn't see it in the theater, but I read that, and I'm like, what? A, like, it's James Gunn. Does that mean Michael Rooker's character in Super became that weird talk show host? Maybe. I guess so. But didn't he die? He did die. Michael Rooker's character died. Yeah, the twin brother. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't have the details for this. I'm just letting you know that I read that that was in the, mid, in the credit scene. So Wild. I w- would imagine it's either just a wink and a nod, or it's... I'm making my own universe. We at ZTH really love Super, so please, nobody try Super's to so good. besmirch the good name. Don't you that dare. Super. With his garbage. <laughs> hot trash. I was very unhappy to read that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's insane. You're right, it doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. I didn't see it. I'm not going to go back and watch it again to find no. out. So Don't worry, this movie won't progress. You're not going to have a chance to see it again, Corey. Thank God. It'll be on Netflix in like three months. No one's going to pay for it. It's not that bad, guys. To your point of him being too powerful, if this movie was good, <laughs> they expanded upon it, maybe there could be another kid that crashed land. Because we, but he's good. They were rivals as babies. Or even the other way around. Fine. I'm okay with that. That'd be amazing. Oh my god. The, no. good, the good Zod? Yeah, exactly. I, the good Zod. Oh my god, the good Zod. I would even... Can that be the name of the movie? I would, I would honestly be so interested... This tiptoe is a little too close to Godzilla territory, but like, if one of the other ones is causing havoc and he essentially just gets jealous, like, no, it's my job to burn the place down, and then they they have like a ridiculous fight over that type of shit—an evil versus evil battle. Uh huh. <laughs> Who do we side with? Don't the matter. lesser of two evils. Yeah, the, the, that's the, the title. Lesser the lesser of two, two evils. evils. Bright burn two. <laughs> lesser of two evils. Either that or Zod Dam. Zod Dam. <laughs> And that should go on Twitter tonight. Good Zod. I love it. This movie's very on the nose. Oh, yeah. The opening scene. Mrs. or Mrs. Briar about to make sweet, passionate love. And I thought that was a really interesting choice. And that was and, and, uncomfortable. And we, all, and we only realized that they're really, really about to make sweet, sweet love after a long panning shot of every book in the fertility section of Barnes & Noble. That was going to be my point. It's They, they, they zoom in on a... Book about how, about getting pregnant, so it's reason it's reasonable to assume they can't get pregnant. And Elizabeth Banks flat out says she can't get pregnant. Yes, right after that, like hit me over the head with a mallet. That's what you're doing. There's no subtlety in this at all. None. It's, it's very poor. They had no time to waste. They only had ninety minutes. Uh, that's God, it did not. Saw. It did not feel like ninety. Minutes. Oh, it felt longer. And I, I'm so. I think one of the reasons I'm so upset about all of this is that. I'm a huge fan of the horror genre. I fucking love horror movies. I found out that they put the new Halloween on HBO Go. I can't fucking wait to go home and watch it. That's probably what I'm going to do tonight. I haven't seen it yet. No. I can't fucking wait. So, like, for them to to botch it, I'm just like, oh, it's so disappointing. They're really hoping to come in here and be like, just talk about all the cool horror things and tips that have to like the horror genre that they do and how they do it differently but they didn't I'm talking like the simple things that every horror movie does but a good horror movie manages to put a twist on it or like spin it a little way and tweak it these guys don't even bother like the first time she's at the door to 
the barn. That is such a quintessential horror movie shot. Person in doorway with a wide shot of everything around her because things can come out here from a million different ways in this shot. Like, it's so easy. And that's what they do. They did the thing with the chickens. That's like a classic. Yeah, like the, yeah. Yep. I spent most of the movie trying to figure out how the Briar family makes, earns a living. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she's a stay-at-home painter. Yep. And he, um, <laughs> software engineer? <laughs> so, well, he works on his property, on his farm. Yeah. Maybe he produces something He's a farmer. by, him, a farmer. by himself. He grows weed. Could be. <gasps> Do we know what state this takes place in? Kansas. Spring Spring Kansas. Kansas. Yes. yes. Okay. Because it's Superman. Yes. Oh, yeah. Duh. Couldn't say small though. Fucking. Um, <laughs> I would have been like tiny bird. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> Can I? One of the the wow. nitpicky gripes I have with this movie that's stupid but I'm going to talk about it anyways yes I can't fucking stand her painting style not the art style I was not even paying attention the to art that. style not my thing but fine the way she holds a brush she's talking about or the no she... the fact that she looks like she's like carefully painting everything and then you take a look at the paintings and it's very like chaotic and abstract and random I'm like no person that makes this art does this there's no Bob Ross that's for damn sure <laughs> and then they do the worst piece of trying to hint at um, subtlety and imagery that I've ever seen in a movie. So we get to the end of the movie and he's tearing down the house and she's like running through the house to try to get out of it. What happens when she comes down the stairs? The first thing you see as she's coming down the stairs is a painting of a fucking raven. The symbol of death. Fuck you. Didn't even notice that. I was checked out at that point. Yeah. Fair enough. I, I was like, let this train wreck end. Worst thing in this movie is the unreliability of a 911 phone call and pray for Holy shit! Were they, was the only 911 operator in Kansas just taking a dump for like... <laughs> I think all three of us Reacting. gave the exact we all same reaction. arms up in the air. What the fuck is happening? It goes at least five or six rings. And the whole time she's nervous that no one's gonna answer. It's like, not even like she called the local cops. Yeah. Like, had she like been plugging in a number, it rings for a while, and then it's like, Brightburn City Police Department, how can I help you? That I'm like, oh. okay. But no, they show you the phone and the number's 911. Five rings, 911. Yeah, uh, I left the floater. Go run, this is important. I think it's call. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's Around so ring three, all three of us had the exact same reaction. I think that may have been one yeah, of the best, that was, that best was, parts of the movie-going experience for me. You know what? I think I'm going to strike my favorite part of the movie out and just say my favorite part of the movie was us <laughs> all having that reaction <laughs> to the 911 call. It was so stupid. Oh, man. My favorite part of the movie is Badger's performance. Yeah. Because he's the only one acting... Normal yeah. to the situation my, that he's yeah, in. My favorite, my favorite part of the movie actually is his death scene. Dude, that's because me too. He's, he's acting, responding like a human being would. No, yes, no, exactly. No, 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 At one point, at one point, the car stalls out for whatever reason, and he like kind of gets the car to like the lights to come on, and to see him in the mask. Yeah, he, Brandon he is there in the mask, and his nope, response: Nope, 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 nope. nope, nope. <laughs> Fuck, come on. Um, honestly, his whole death scene start to finish, though, 
from the minute the car stops in the middle of the road, I'm I thoroughly enjoyed that scene. The jaw thing is brutal. That's why jaw I stopped thing. enjoying the scene. Nope, I loved it. I'm with Joe on this because they do the same gurgly death crap throughout for, for all the um, yeah. Where they're choking on their own blood. Get get a new trick, man. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) And he burned his dead through the eyes with his eyes. That's different. Okay, that's that's one. All right, they go back to the choking on blood crap too often. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, for sure. The I I mean I like the I like the the, from a gory horror fan perspective. Him like crashing into the steering wheel, watching the jar break, be like, "Ooh, that fucking sucked." That and then, should have been the end of it. Yeah. yeah, and then you come to the side, and you like kind of see it hanging out. It was. It reminded me of he was a pulling scene. Pulling it up, and then he lets go, and then it drops, and then he dies, and bleh. yeah. What what fuck movie was that? It was um. The Reckoning History X. No, Saw Six. No, it's a um, Showgirls. Not the Orphanage. The Orphan. It's the Orphan. Blackwater. Lady in the Water. Dark Water. It's Dark Water. Blackwater's a pirate thing. Was that Black? No, Star? I think it might be. The... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where we're going here. Pretty sure it's the orphanage. I want to say it's the orphanage. I might be wrong. Nobody on Twitter will correct you. So no, you're right. Correct. <laughs> I'll correct myself next week when I go back. But it's one of the Spanish horror movies that I love by Guillermo del Toro. The orphan's not Spanish, so it probably is the orphanage. Yeah, I think it's the orphanage. Um, a similar thing happens where El orphanage. Well, like the the broken jaw thing happens. Um, that was the first time I saw that, and I thought it scared the shit out of me when I saw it the first time. So that I enjoyed. It just brought me back to a better horror movie that I like. Sure. That's, that's it. I, I have a dumb complaint about uh, Tori's reaction to seeing the Brightburn symbol. Or the Brandon... The Brandon Breyer? The Brandon Breyer symbol. The B-dubs? Yeah. No, so it's... it's I, I couldn't tell what, what it was that he was making when he first made it. Like, he was making it over and over again. So when the guy was like... Looks a lot like a Oh, the sheriff? Yo, fuck that. I was like... I okay, yeah. What bees do you look at, Sheriff? Yeah. Don't really look it looks at a lot bees. like an eight to me with a little extension down, but I can see where it's like a weird corn symbol. <laughs> like it looked like the corn font. And one of the they just decided to do an extra backwards B. But the corn font. My response would have been, I don't know, Sheriff. Don't we live in a town called Brightburn? That's two Bs too. You narrowed yeah. it down to anybody in this fucking town, and then like turned around and walked away. That would have been great. That would have been a better reaction to me. Yeah, that's a better line for sure. Oh, God, I could make this movie so much better. I don't even think she said a line. No, she did. Did she? She said uh, it was a stupid like I don't think so response. And then, she, he was like, "Mind if I come inside and have a look around?" Yes, I do mind. <laughs> I do mind, as a matter of fact. I expected her to be like, "Come back with a warrant," or "Don't come back till you have a warrant." How long would take him to get a warrant in that town? Uh, it takes a while to answer 911, so you never know. Probably drives to, like, the local... Oh, no, the diner's destroyed at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they only have the one eatery. And they, they don't seem to have any issues with how ridiculously wrecked that place is. Not that it was wrecked. They feel, they seem to have an issue... It's kind of wrecked. Pretty wrecked. It's pretty wrecked. But they don't seem to notice or care that it looks like a Frieza door got fucking split in half with a laser beam. Like, that's a normal thing that somebody coming in, to, in to abduct and kill a woman would do. Well, she's locked herself into the freezer. Alright, let me go get the acetylene torch. Rip this shit off. And then throw it across the room because I'm capable of doing that. There were clearly 18 people in there. 
all after this one woman. She had a lot of enemies. She was kind of a bitch. No, no, she was. Well, no, she was okay until her daughter got hurt, right? Yeah, and then she, she was kind of a bitch about it. To the Briar family. But I get it. I get it, too. I would have been right there with her. Yeah, Single know. mom, trying to earn enough money. Donna's hand gets mangled by some weird kid. Dude, who may or may not be a murderer. Fucking mangled that hand. I'm going to keep throwing on top of the shit pile. Another thing that was really stupid that made no sense in this movie, which is really poor. When Brandon is inside um, his aunt's house. Oh, yeah. And he goes into the closet and Badger comes home from his night of drinking. Yep. And his aunt is sound asleep. The bedroom is right next to the bathroom. And then Badger flips it. What are you doing in my closet? What are you doing in the bathroom? Like, get out of my house. I gotta, I'm driving you home like right now. The aunt's not going to wake up and yeah. know what the hell's going on. She's right there. Can, can I, I'm, I'm going to piggyback off this since we're talking about the aunt now. He never goes back and kills her. No. No. He has no reason to at this point. Sure he does. Why? Because he's a fucking murderous dickhead. But she doesn't know. Like His his point of going to the aunt to murder the aunt is the fact that the aunt is going to report to the sheriff that something wrong. Nothing changes the sheriff that. Dead. Yes, it does. Because the fact that her husband dies in a car accident, and then over the phone you hear the aunt going like, how's Brandon taking it? Now, the, the accident trumps the conversation she had with Brandon early on. The sheriff is preoccupied. That's not his main focus anymore. That's so fucking ridiculous. And then there's a okay. plane crash in the farm that, that killed his parents. It's done. And everyone else. So, so yes. He's no in the clear. They say the plane crash killed both of the parents? Yeah. They say that, right? Yes. Yeah. His dad's dead in the woods. Well, he probably took the body and safe to assume he transplanted the oh. body. I don't know. I just don't think this kid is bright. Bright enough? Yeah, bright enough, pun intended, to, to take the body. He seems like the one that he just kind of like does what he does and then walks away. It's really the only it's explanation. It is. He it is. That. He is pretty calculating. Yeah. Like. He's not dumb by any stretch. No, he's a genius. <laughs> yes, he's a genius. That's fair. Did you hear him talk about the bugs in the beginning? He knows everything. <laughs> so then we get to the uh, the mom tries to talk through it, talk talk it through with him, and it seems like he's about she's about to get through. It seems like he might actually stop, and then she tries to stab him in the back, fucking literally. I mean, I was rooting for that. No, yeah. I mean, that was definitely the play. I mean, that had to. 100%. No, it was not the play. Shooting your unbreakable... Trying to shoot your unbreakable son in the back of the head. Well, he You're the one who literally said... He's, he's never broke never, a bone. He's never been cut. <laughs> what are you yes. doing trying to shoot him in the head? Oh, oh, oh. Yes. I just thought of how you make this better. You turn part of the spaceship into a bullet and have Dad shoot him. Boom. That's how you end this movie correctly. Assuming you want this movie to end with him, oh my being god! Done. Like because that—that's way better. It, makes it is way more. Sense. I think that that could have that could have even you could have translated that a little bit better. Like you, you kind of get a Stockholm syndrome thing. Mom realizes that it has to be done, sure. but they're like kind of being secret and playing nice and playing, continuing to play dumb, trying to out kind of him. <laughs> I don't think they're playing, but go on. <laughs> You're right, but I mean like playing ignorant. Like oh, that's weird. Another person died. Hey, son, do you want some waffles today? Like, continue to do that dumb shit. Do you want to go to the new diner? And then just... <laughs> and yeah, and that's how you do it. You put... Holy shit. That would have been such a better And then one day, he's just getting way. off the bus from school. Dad picks him off from a quarter mile. <laughs> <laughs> no, I... Better yet. 
slight twist. All of these things happen. Not the quarter mile away part. I, I, I kind of want that part, but go on. That's fair. That's fair. But I'll hear you. Right. You take. I'm going to take him out to the woods, and we're going. I'm going to. I'm going to do it. Right. That's what. Like that. That scene is set up. He's got the magic bullet. They go out, that scene progresses the way that it progressed. You see him aim, pan out, shot, birds fly up out of the trees, fucking cut credit scenes, we don't know what happens. That's very, uh... That's so unsatisfying. It's very polar. (laughs) But, in the horror genre, leaving it open to interpretation, leaving it open to see if we're going to get a second one. Well, that's not horror genre, man, it's just... It's just movie. Yeah. (laughs) That's fair. No one nah. wants to have anything I don't like that, though. No. Nope. I like... I, I shouldn't say that. I like the idea of it. I sure but I would, shit like it I would have found it very unsatisfying to not know if the kid dies or if he stops the bullet and then kills Dad. The ending of this movie's not great, but it doesn't... It's not like this was good and then they ruined it by the ending. Yeah. This is just straight bad. So mm-hmm. I had no issues with the way they chose to end it. Fine, he's just... If anything, the ending's a slight uptick. Yeah. <laughs> I think my biggest problem is that I don't see logically why you would try to like pull it out of your back pocket and then around the body. Why wouldn't you just kind of pull it out and go through the front? What, it was during a hug. Yeah. Yeah. You still do it. She got a big wind up on that. Right arms are right. Up and in. Up and in. Yeah. Up and in. I mean, there's a very, very famous up and in scene that just got <laughs> released a couple of weeks ago, my friend. Well, up and in, I think of... Uh... Twelve Angry Men. Mm. What do you think of? Uh, oh, the the Game yeah. of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. Sure, uh, I don't know yet. I apologize for any spoilers, but no, it's, it's been out two weeks. It's a national phenomenon. I mean, Anyone just, who cares has seen it. Yeah, turn it on. Just don't, yeah. just don't <laughs> tell me who it is because I've started watching it. Yeah, so up and in is up and in is is how that ends. Yeah, got it. So a favor for me. Badger's performance overall, loved it. A plus. Is that Steve Agee? Agee? Is that his? Is that the actor that you were referring to? I'm pretty sure it was, right? No, he's Matt Jones. He's Matt Jones. Yeah. Love Matt Jones. Wish he was in more stuff. I've only seen him in three things. All three things have been A plus. It's Breaking this, Bad, this, and The Office. He's Dwight's cousin. Holy yeah, shit! He is. Brother to Moe's. You're right. He's Moe's brother. He pats Stanley on your, on his head and says, "It's dense like bread." <laughs> uh, favorite for me uh, the brother's uh, death scene from when the car stalls out to the remo- the removing of the hand it's Uncle Noah's death scene for me just because he responds like an actual human being would yes. it's the only moment I was like happy during this movie <laughs> yet with, with, still with that little bit of comic relief that only he well, could yeah. deliver yes which is really nice. He made it his own. You needed that refreshing aspect to yeah. it. Because this movie is very one note. Least favorite, 911 call aside, it's the fact that it's, it's the shot in the back of the head. My God. What are you thinking there? Yeah. And like, what, what's the mom thinking leading up to that? Because she still believes in her son. Believes her son can be cured or whatever she's got going on. She doesn't on. think the dad's going to shoot him. But the dad has practically said, we have to kill, like, they've had this conversation. And then, and then minutes later, he crawls in the bed. Hey, like, but then he snuggles you know her and he's like, I'm going to take him hunting and let him know I still love him. Exactly. Nothing that bad will happen. So stupid. Yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> Dumb. All of it. Yes. Least favorite for me is... 
most of the things that revolve around that girl, I I just don't. I think her name is Cindy. Cindy, I don't like it. I don't like the fact that she was able to figure out that it was. No, you're good. You're good. Figure out it was him based off of just like one little like flap of the curtain. Like, eh. yeah, I can tell if she saw him. But yeah, she yet she or... calls him out almost immediately, and then she weird. can't be cool about it the be, next day. Yeah, cool one time. Well, my point is like she was like his best friend, and it's not like she confronted him and was like, "You didn't like show up in my room last night, right?" Well, hold up. She might be his best friend, but he is by no means her best friend. All right, that's fair. Okay, that's fair. I, either way, I just don't like it. I don't like the man sitting together at lunch. As was, well, yeah, not now. The, the the fucking broken hand thing too. It's like nobody thinks that it's weird that he literally crushed her hand with. He doesn't look like a big strong dude. He looks pretty scrawny. Nobody that's growing should be able to do that to a human being. Everyone in this movie is stupid. They're dumb as rocks people. That and it's the, it's the rational explanation. Except the sheriff, people. I guess. Yeah, okay. It's, it's, it's the people that try to... Oh, there's an explanation for everything. Nothing supernatural is going on. There's an explanation for everything. So that's just how they think. Gotcha. Like, oh, mm-hmm. maybe she suffers from osteoporosis. You should really get this look She needs more milk. <laughs> I mean, he's a farmhand. Maybe he's stronger than he looks. He, he grabbed it in a certain way where something slipped in a look. You know, it's dumb. I agree with you. But we know what's going on. The people in the movie don't. You know yeah. I mean? yeah. That's fair. That's also true. Also, her name is Caitlin. Caitlin. I got that wrong. Okay. Cindy. It's not Cindy. That's the girl from The Grinch. Cindy Lou Uh My least favorite part of the movie is the... It's, it's not really the shot when they're hunting. It's the reveal... That Tori stumbles upon the fact, the notebook with all the double B's in it that she's already seen before, and she already clearly knows her kid's the murderer. But that's the moment, and the dramatic music plays while Dad's lining up the shot in the woods elsewhere. It's it's awful. It's 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 so overly dramatic and convoluted and stupid. And I, I will say one other thing that I have a huge problem with in this movie before we stone it: the fact that even though. The aunt is the only like school psychologist in the town. Is completely fucking irrelevant. There was a zero percent chance you send a kid to a family member for a psych eval. Not in Kansas. And you know why? For this exact fucking reason. Because if he is insane, he knows where his aunt lives. He doesn't know where John G. Psychiatrist from the next town over lives. He kind of got pigeonholed with that last name. Yeah, he did. I, fu- I, I, I fucking hate that. I fucking hated that. Like, I was like, it's just not realistic. I don't, again, it's a small town in Kansas. I don't, small town at short notice. And I go to, it's I, stupid, sure, but I'm this, willing to forgive it at this point in the movie. And at this point, he's still a kid acting out. He's not a, going yeah. on a murder's rampage, and there's nothing, there's no evidence as of yet to lead people to believe that. He, he act, broke a girl's hand. He broke the girl's hand, and he got into a fight with his parents about being adopted, and then he realized he's, I'm superior to them. <laughs> but they don't know about the fight with his parents. 
Yes, they, they know do. about a fight with the parents. Right, because that is brought up in the conversation in the, with everybody in the office, and then the aunt knows that going into the psychologist conversation. Well, the aunt was at dinner when the aunt was at dinner when the uncle gave him the gun too. Correct, but I'm referring to the uh, the uh, f- f- finding out he's adopted. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, Brandon, yeah, yeah. your mom told me you found, uh, you found out information about your you being adopted and you're acting out about it. Oh, I'm fine. Yeah. So I feel nothing. He's bad. Does that kid gonna mean any more things? Normally, you can look at a kid actor and like, no. All right. He's I feel bad. like he should get a second shot. He wasn't terrible. The character is bad. Like it's it's, it's written poorly. It's very one note. Blase. So is everyone in this movie, except for Badger. I mean, Uncle Noah. Well, Elizabeth Banks is bad. I only just one note. She's pretty That's er- erratic. <laughs> okay, yeah, Mom and Dad are okay, and Uncle Noah is okay, and Aunt Melanie or whatever her name is is fine. Sure. The sheriff is fine. All right, just... <laughs> he sucks. The kid sucks. The kid's not good. I came around. Speaking of which, what we should come around to next is the number of Infinity Stones we're given this movie from one to six if you've never tuned in before, and if you haven't, what an episode you picked. True that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, from one to six, six is the highest score, and then if you want to give it a gauntlet with your six, you can. I don't foresee any of us doing that, but you never know. Corey would want to give it. This is tough. I mean, does it deserve a second Infinity Stone? That's the question I think we all need to ask ourselves. Is it worth two? I'm going to go ahead and start the conversation by saying... I don't think so. I think that this is a one-stone movie. Uh, it, it's by no means the absolute worst movie I've seen, nor is it necessarily the absolute worst movie we've done for this podcast, but it's pretty fucking close. This movie does very few things right. The only upside to this whole thing is that there's potential for somebody who's better at making these type of horror movies to grab onto the superhero ideal and run with it and, and make a good horror movie out of a superhero uh, that's honestly at this point that's my hope as far as the legacy of Brightburn is concerned One Stone sequel One Stone for me as well this movie's a missed opportunity I think the premise is excellent I would like to see it executed more of a character based study movie than straight horror I like horror movies as well and it's just just missed the mark the performances are over the top, the writing's poor, they make a lot of poor decisions, you can nitpick like we did this entire episode, and how do you fix this, what you can do better, and there's meat on the bone here, there's something to, there's enough here to make a good movie, and they just failed miserably, I'm going to give it one stone. I'm actually a little surprised by you guys' ratings. Really? Yeah. Too low? I mean, I'm going to say the thing I said to myself as soon as I got in my car... After we left this movie, I said, well, that's a two. <laughs> it's not me, but there are people out there who will enjoy this movie. Hopefully they saw it, because not a lot of people have. <laughs> it's not an awful movie. They tried to make a movie. They're lazy in parts of it. I think just whoever wrote the I think it's the other Gun Brothers that wrote the script or that directed it or something. No, he, they didn't direct it. Obviously, I wrote down the movie facts. They might have written the script. They just were all producers on it, but... It could have been way better than it was. I wanted the premise to be better, but I didn't have high expectations, so it pretty much met them. I didn't expect it to be good, and it's not. I don't ever need to see this movie again, but I'm giving it the second stone because I think there are people out there who will enjoy it, and I don't 
blame you if you do. If you like a generic horror movie, this is good enough. That's 100% accurate. Like, if you order Sprite and they give you Sierra Mist, you're a little bummed, but, you know, it does the job. That's the best analogy I can come up with. It's actually a pretty good analogy, all things considered, Joe. <laughs> I like how you want the lime soda route and not, like, the obvious Coke Pepsi one. I know. I appreciate that. Yeah. The Gun Brothers did write the movie. Improve your work, not James Gunn's. Yeah, it's, it's weird that... I don't know, I think one of the things that always bums me out about shows or movies is, like, if I can sit down and have a 10, 15-minute conversation with some friends and come up with a better twist, turn, and premise... And, like, can actively make this movie much better. Like we did here. Like we did here. Like, that's that's a fucking problem. Because I'm not making millions of dollars off of this. And damn it, we should be. What? No more free ideas, Hollywood. You're cut off. <laughs> you imagine if secretly they're all listening to us. Like, fuck, that was a good idea. I don't know how. We would have data on that. I well, I mean, it could be one of the 40 people. <laughs> I only need one. They only want to download it, and then they can send it to all the people they want. <laughs> what a scam. Those are our ratings for the movie Brightburn. If you want to let us know what you thought of Brightburn, if you're one of the people who actually saw it, or anything else, your thoughts really on just things in the world, you can send us an email, zthpodcast at gmail.com. Boom. If you hand crocheted your own Cthulhu mask, take a picture of it, send it to us on Instagram at zthpodcast. You may also drop us a line on Twitter and tell us your rating for this movie at ZTH Podcast. Flip flops, I keep them guessing. Nice. Yeah, you know. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash ZTH Podcast, or search for us within Facebook. Zeros talking heroes, zeros and heroes end in ES. We're also on iTunes and other podcast apps. If you want to give us a five star rating on that, much obliged. Also, the option to leave a review if you're cool with that. Subscribe and tell other people about the show. If they like movies with superheroes and then are based on comics, we do too, and we think we're kind of entertaining. Hmm. You know, sometimes. Generally. We have our good days and our bad days. Thank you for joining us for the Brightburn edition of Zero's Talking Heroes. Next time, we're going to be doing Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Is that right? Is that the right title? I nailed it. I'm yeah. not excited. Movie number four of our six new release. Four of six. That's crazy. It's all uphill after this one. Honestly, I, I don't care one way or the other, good or bad. I'm what are the next two? I'm just happy that we get to go, like, I get to get out and see movies. Like, I, 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 I love movies. I love new, like, new really. I love when we get to do new releases. Yes. So to do this many of them in a row is just really fucking awesome. I love being forced to use my A-list because I don't use it enough. What are the next two? We Dark remember? Phoenix, Men in Black International. Oh, Dark Phoenix. Alright, it's not all uphill from here. It, never, it can't be good. Like, this is not I think possible. All, I have to like Dark Phoenix more than Brightburn. Yes. There's no possible way. Just cast alone, you ha- you're inevitably They have, they have a, almost half-decent Cyclops in there. I have to like it more than this. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. God, I hope I do. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Thanks once again for joining us, and until next time, it's my job to let you know that every movie out there is someone's favorite movie. If it's Brightburn, God, please see another movie. That must be the only movie they've ever seen. Take care, everyone.